Hello, Bitcoiners. Ansel Linder here, back with another episode of Bitcoin and Markets. I'm going to change up my format a little bit. I'm going to start doing um, one-topic shows and maybe branch out from there on some um, tangents, some other news tangents, but try to stick with one topic and then try to come out with more shows more often. Um, I think that would be more manageable than trying to stuff a week's worth of news into a short period of time. So uh, thank you for joining me. This is a listener-supported podcast. Go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets, support the show, get extra content. I also have a paid newsletter that goes out through Patreon at least a couple times a week, and that has uh, in-depth market analysis, fundamental analysis, technical analysis, geopolitical analysis, macro analysis, all sorts of stuff, um, wrapping a lot of my thoughts into that. Um, so that is a tier over there on Patreon. Okay, let's jump into... I think the biggest news out there in the space today or this week, and this was a speech given by Leal Brainerd. He's a governor at the Federal Reserve. Um, I do link to this in the show notes so you guys can find that. This will be episode, what episode is this? <laughs> this will be episode 198, almost at 200. So you can find that on my website, bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash E198. But anyway, let's get into this speech by Brainerd, governor at the Federal Reserve, a governor at the Federal Reserve. And um, this was really, really solid speech, okay? he I break it down into three parts. He talks about payments, digital payments and digital currencies, and then stable coins and the central bank digital currencies. One of my themes for 2020 is, of course, the rise of the CBDCs, central bank digital currencies. So, you know, it, it, before this, Powell had, Chairman Powell had talked a little bit about that they were taking a wait and see approach. And Japan, they also announced that they were taking somewhat of a wait and see approach uh, to these central bank digital currencies, but it was they definitely talked about it all the time, or at least mentioned it several times over the last few months. And um, every central bank is really into this. I, the, he did state one statistic in here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I highlighted all this crap. Okay, 66 central banks. More than 80% of central banks report being engaged in some type of central bank digital currency work. And there's a few, he says, that uh, are pressing forward. They, they probably will come out with some soon. Of course, the headliner there being China. But with all this coronavirus stuff, I am guaranteeing you they're delaying meetings on the digital yuan because their economy is in absolute freefall. The last couple issues of the paid newsletter, I've, I've walked through multiple things of this economic contagion going on over there. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but let's just get into this Baynard speech. So he opens it by saying, digitalization is enabling consumers and businesses to transfer value instantaneously, technology platforms to scale up rapidly in payments, and new global currencies to facilitate these payments. By transforming payments, lots of usage of the word payments, um, digitalization has the potential to deliver great value and convenience at lower cost. 
Then he goes into talking about fintech. Of course, he's coming at this from a payment side. I even looked at how many times he used the word money versus payments in this speech. And he used uh, payments 51 times and he used money 20, I think it was 23 times. And it was only mainly in regard to uh, with the adjective central bank money. I think he used the, the term central bank money 10 times uh, in this. So a lot of talk about payments and about central banking and not a lot of talk about money, but there was talk about money. Um, because in this opening sentence here, when he says digitalization is enabling consumers and businesses to transfer value instantaneously, um, he skips over the value discussion of the value, uh, how it becomes money, what is money, uh, which is the value piece. And he just starts talking about the transfer of value and payments, um, method of payment. So I would say 50 to 75% of the speech is talking about method of, uh, me, uh, yeah, the method of payment and not the money, not the medium of exchange. He does use the term medium of exchange in here. But of course we know value, uh, what Bitcoin brings is a digitalization not of payments. We have digital payments, Visa, uh, PayPal, Venmo, even FedNow, which is a new um, a payment rail for the central bank. Uh, lots of different central banks are, are experimenting with this. Um, so we have these digital payments. It's very widespread. Most payments are digital. Most money is digital. There's very little cash. And the cash that is out there is is not predominantly dollar bills. It's predominantly $100 bills, right? And so there is like this interesting insight we can get from that. Uh, it's mainly $100 bills held by foreigners. So, okay, the value piece, we're trying to dig into, yes, you can transfer value instantaneously, but what about the value itself? Like what gives money its value? And if, and if central bank money is obviously the guns behind it. The legal tender laws is the fear makes it valuable where Bitcoin is valued based on subjective value of the market, the emergent properties that are good for money. That's what gives Bitcoin its value. So there is a lot of good stuff in here. I'm not going to downplay this. It's interesting. They're looking into this. We're able to watch this real time. These people make these experiments and, and study into this. Um, it's crazy. Like uh, a lot of Bitcoiners, we studied economists of the past, mainly Austrians, but um, many economists of the past. And we have kind of honed this idea of money. So we, we understand what this is. And these central bankers, they're, they're supposed to be the experts. They're supposed to be the money experts, but they are, we're going to watch them go on this path of discovery that Bitcoin is not about necessarily about value transfer. Yes, that is what money is used for. But where does the value come from? Where does the value come from? Because in that same sentence right here at the very front, the second, the, the next two parts of that sentence, technology platforms to scale up rapidly in payments and new digital currencies to facilitate these payments. See, again, payments and payments. So it's transfer payments and payments and then value is kind of stuck in there like a necessary word that needs to be in there because what else are they transferring but he doesn't go into what 
is the value. I, I hope that makes sense. Um, again, he talks about Bitcoin uh, in here. He does mention Bitcoin. I didn't see how many times he uses the word Bitcoin, but it's at least once. Um, so here he talks about cryptocurrencies. Um, in contrast, cryptocurrencies introduce several units, uh, separate units of account. Built using distributed ledger technologies, <laughs> cryptocurrencies typically allow for peer-to-peer -peer payments without the need for financial intermediary. Of course, he's talking here financial intermediary. That's not what a central bank is. A central bank is not a financial intermediary. A central bank is a money issuer. And it's not about peer-to-peer -peer payments. It's about value. It's about value built in a, a peer-to-peer market. It's not about peer-to-peer -peer payments necessarily. I mean, of course, that's in there. That's a, that's a necessary but not sufficient um, definition here. It's about peer-to-peer -peer market where money arises naturally in the market without a need for a um, central money issuer and manipulator. That's what a central bank is. They're an issuer and manipulator where they're not a financial intermediary. Financial intermediary is like a bank and there are Bitcoin banks and there will be Bitcoin banks. And that's fine because they can go bust. Uh, failure is not a bad thing. Going bust and bankruptcy is not a bad thing. Uh, it's a good thing in a market. You need as many failures as successes, but over the long term, value will accrue to the best use cases, right? And so that is the natural process of this. Uh, he's, he's just talking payments, 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 payments. Of course, they're getting better. They're getting closer. Here's the part about Bitcoin. A decade ago, Bitcoin was heralded as a new kind of digital money that would serve as a store of value, means of exchange, and unit of account delinked from any sovereign currencies without the need for central governance. Bitcoin has not achieved widespread acceptance as a means of payment or unit of account because its extreme volatility, as well as limited throughput capacity, unpredictable transaction costs, limited or no governance, and limited transparency. Okay, so all of these things, sure, all right? Widespread acceptance, this is a, the adoption thing, okay? This is not like a line. Okay, once we cross this line, we have widespread acceptance. And oh my God, it's been 10 years and we don't have widespread acceptance. You know, where is that line, right, for Bitcoin? Bitcoin is achieving acceptance every day. It's getting more and more accepted, um, both as a store of value, which is thing that role that you need to get before you get to be a means of payment or a medium of exchange. So it's it's achieving it. Yes, it has not achieved widespread acceptance, but it is achieving it. So what else we got? Uh, extreme volatility. That's just the built into Bitcoin, right? The happenings and, and it drives its own hype cycle. And, uh, you know, each cycle brings more people in, increases the ecosystem size, the market cap, um, the kind of GDP of Bitcoin, each cycle does that and that's good and it will continue to do that. You know, by if you read this, not knowing the history of the price, it has not reached uh, or it has not achieved widespread acceptance as a means of payment or unit of account because it's extreme volatility. <laughs> that makes me think like it's going down in value or that it's up and down. No, it is 
if you zoom out, Bitcoin's value is from bottom left to top right. And it will continue going that way. It is achieving widespread acceptance because of its volatility. And that volatility will decrease in the future. See, they're not, they're not, um, um, interacting with the arguments here. They're just parroting the same things over and over and limited throughput capacity. Lightning is unlimited. This lightning loop that came out just recently in, into beta from lightning labs, you know, this is a thing where it's blurring the lines between on chain and layer two. Bitcoin is the unit of account for the Bitcoin stack. And the Bitcoin stack will have bigger throughput. It will have bigger uh, transaction capacity. So, and unpredictable transaction costs. Yes, that's true. As it grows, there's there's volatile demand and so up and down. But it's generally low if it isn't being attacked. And now we have an outlet valve into, into layer two. So if, if fees get really high again, people will start moving into layer two uh, in a dynamic fashion. Okay, and now that we have this, this lightning loop, that will be much more seamless. Uh, limited or no governments is a good thing. Again, we're separating from the money issuer, uh, money from state, money from governance. That's what we're doing. This ungovernance model. Um, and limited transparency. Again, that's a plus. People, people like privacy and fungibility. Um, but at the same time, if a nation state or government wants to use it, then their people can demand them use it openly, right? So there, there is benefits to this limited transparency. All right. Um, what else? Then he goes on to central bank digital currencies. And this is the main thrust of this. Again, 66 central banks, 80% are reporting they're engaged in some sort of digital currency research. Okay, let me read a few things I have highlighted here. Given the dollar's important role, it is essential that we remain on the frontier of research and policy development regarding CBDCs. Like other central banks, we are conducting research and experimentation related to distributed ledger technologies and their potential use case for digital currencies, including the potential for a CBDC. We are collaborating with other central banks as we advance our understanding of central bank digital currencies. Talks about illicit activities. All right, and that's about it uh, for the reading part. The significant thing about this is that they are actively working on it. Um, again, Chairman Powell has talked about this in the past, that they were watching, but not that they were actively participating in experimentation and research. Um, it looks like they are doing that now, so that's a pretty significant development. This money will, I mean, they won't be used, it won't be decentralized. It won't be uh, with any sort of money supply that is finite. It will just be another form of base money dollars. Which does bring about some interesting things here. So they, it will be a new route of inflation and it might bring about new techniques maybe for monetary policy. Okay. They will be able, like in times of deflationary scares, they will be able to just plus up a bunch of people's accounts that has this high power digital dollar. Um, they will be able to, withdraw or penalize people based on certain activities on their accounts. They, it will not be transparent. We won't have, 
like a blockchain to go to to see this. It will be, uh, it'll still be reported by the Federal Reserve in the same way. But it interestingly opens up some kind of new monetary policy tools for them. It's not a competitor to Bitcoin, uh, that's for sure. Bitcoin is, uh, its strength is that it separates money from the issuer and money from central power and money from this uh, centralized central planning manipulation of the currency. And this will just allow more manipulation, more central planning. So it's kind of the reverse of Bitcoin, even though it's being sold as some sort of competitor or using the technology of Bitcoin, it is completely uh, counter of Bitcoin and what it is and what it stands for too. So anyway, very interesting article. Again, I linked to this in the show notes, uh, bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash E198. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Peace.